0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Play ball. This is the Locked On Reds Podcast on a Friday. It's great to be with you. I'm your host, James Rapine, giving you your daily Reds fix each and every day on the podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, the Stitcher, I almost said the Stitcher. Um, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Player FM, Spotify. Those are all the places. And as always, LockedOnReds.com, the place to be. As uh, we're adding writers to Locked On Reds, including Jeff Gilbert, who wrote a piece, and it was interesting. Reds rebuilding strategy: a common path, but not complete. And that's where I want to start today. And I want to start there because it's interesting. Look, we're six days away from opening day as of right now. Six days away. And we're talking about optimism. And over the weekend, I'm going to put together all of your your emails. By the way, I want your emails, the win totals that you have, why you think the Reds are going to be what they're going to be, um, how successful, how unsuccessful you think they're going to be, because I'm going to put together like a mailbag on LockedOnReds.com. Didn't get time to do it yesterday. Going to do it over the weekend. Have it ready for you by Monday. But the the thing that will be interesting to me about the season is what happens if it goes bad? What happens if the rotation is rocky, like I expect it to be? What happens if things don't go as smoothly as some are predicting or some are hoping? And visiting our, our poll question from yesterday at Locked On Reds on Twitter, 33% say 71 to 75 games. So it balanced out some. here's the problem 33% say that 17% say less than 70 so we got 50% are with me I I have them at 75 wins I would say between 71 and 75 an increase from last year but not dramatically but overall 50% say 75 wins or less 50% also say 76 wins or more 31% of you say 76 to 80 wins 19% say 80 or more what happens if it doesn't happen? What happens if it's less than 70 again? And, and we can tell by June that that's the case. We can tell pre-All-Star ba- All-Star break at 4th of July when I go over to my uncle's house like I do every 4th of July for fireworks and family. And we're getting ready to watch the Reds. And the Reds are on and we talk about, like I did last year, how bad it's going. How the, the first three weeks of the year, the first month of the year when they look better than they were. That that was just all for show, so to speak. To me, it is interesting. And this is, and I know when Jeff wrote his piece at LockedOnReds.com, it instantly got some kickback. Because he talks about patience and how Dick Williams is having patience with the rebuild and how they don't make splashy moves. And it's it's a really good write-up and it's interesting and I encourage you to check it out at LockedOnReds.com. But at the same time, fans aren't as patient as general managers. In this season, there is an increased sense of optimism surrounding the Reds. Because, let's be honest, the the pitching staff, there are actual players that aren't Bronson Arroyo, that aren't some of the retreads that you you have brought in year after year after year to fill holes, that aren't named after pasta, (coughs) Alfredo Simon. Right? And... I get that, but I also have just as many questions as ever. I think this Reds team is filled with question marks. In the middle of the infield, I have no idea. How is Brian Price truly going to use Billy Hamilton? Is he going to hit him lead off? I hope not, but I have no idea. Is the starting rotation going to be any better than it was last year? It's younger. We know the names because we've seen them come up through the organization, most of them. How healthy are they going to stay? What can Brandon Finnegan do basically a year-plus removed from being healthy? What's Homer Bailey going to do because he's had a dreadful spring? And I know it's just spring, but, man, can he be the guy he was in 2013 if he stays healthy? Question mark after question mark after question mark after question mark. And I just wonder how much leeway everybody's going to have in the organization. Is Brian Price in danger if they don't deliver? And I don't even know what delivering means because I don't even know what this team is. I don't know what Sal Romano can be. I I don't. I, I don't know what a lot of these guys are supposed to be. And it's, to me, the biggest concern. Because if in June we're doing these podcasts and I'm talking about the Reds and they've, you know, 15 games under 500, well, Damn. People are going to be like, well, when's the rebuild going to pay off? And I think a lot of people feel that way now, but there's some increased optimism because it's a new season and because a lot of the guys that have been developing are now up. And they're pitching. Brandon Finnegan, look, you, you got him in, in return for Johnny Cueto. You expect something out of him this year. Homer Bailey finally had a healthy offseason. You expect something out of him this year. You're hoping... Sal Romano and Tyler Malley, who I expect to be in the rotation, they're going to be good, serviceable. And then, naturally, you're just hoping overall your rotation stays relatively healthy. I know I only named four there, but relatively healthy, and you've already had an injury in Anthony Scafani. So to me, what happens if they fall on their face? What happens if Scooter Jeanette takes a step back and Jose Peraza isn't the guy you hoped he would be? Then what? Then what? I'd, are you just going to, as a fan, just be so frustrated that you're still going through this rebuild process? Are you going to continue to be patient? I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Reds podcast on Twitter, at James Rapine, at Locked on Reds. I uh I, I want to get into this, too, because I, I do think it's worth noting. Robert Stevenson sent down to AAA. Played in 25 games last year. Was by far not that good, but here's the thing. Finnegan dealing with an injury. And, and I had my uh, broadcast partner, a guy I work with every single day, Mo Egger. He worked, writes for The Athletic, ESPN fifteen thirty seven hundred WLW. He turned to me and was like, when is it going to be it for Robert Stevenson? Like, when are we just going to know what he is? We were talking today. I host the show Noon to One on ESPN 1530 every single weekday. And he was like, at some point, Stevenson is what he is. He can't make the rotation even though Brandon Finnegan is dinged up and Anthony DiScafani is going to start on the DL. If Robert Stevenson can't do it then, and now rather, then when is he going to be able to do it? And that's the thing. It's not even like Robert Stevenson's the sixth guy where he's just like the odd man out or the seventh guy. Like, honestly, Amir Garrett's the sixth guy or the seventh guy, if you count Di Sclafani. So then Stevenson's what? The eighth guy? Former top pick? The eighth guy? That's tough. It's tough, and there's concerns about his work ethic and all this different stuff. Do you remember when Louisville Bats manager Delano DeShields called out? He called out Robert Stevenson back in 2016. I got the quote right here, and it was in a postgame interview, and he said, this is what we've been going through with this kid for the last three or four years, referring to Stevenson's control issues. Until he makes an adjustment, it's going to continue. It's not going to get better. It's on him. He's been told what he needs to do and what he needs to work on by numerous coaches and staff members. It's up to him to make those adjustments. If I was him, I'd be embarrassed. I mean, that is rough. That was his manner. That was in 2016. So at some point, you are what you are, and I just wonder when we're going to figure out or when we're going to admit Stevenson is what he is. Maybe we don't know yet. He's 25 years old. Hell, he's younger than me. At the same time, when is it going to be, ah, uh, this kid just is a bust, or this kid just isn't going to work out, or this kid isn't good enough to make it, or this kid just doesn't work hard enough? Sometimes you have the talent, and you just don't work hard enough. It sounds like they're, uh, and again, that was a couple years ago. Since then, hell, he pitched in 25 games last year had a 4 ra but overall, very underwhelming, and it stinks for him. And honestly, I, I can't believe it, because Robert Stevenson, that's a guy you'd expect to be able to beat out Tyler Malley. You'd expect to be able to beat out Sal Romano for uh, a starting job in the Reds rotation. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Reds podcast. Thank you so much for all of the kind words, all of them, because uh, I've gotten a, a lot of feedback on the podcast. So many people... I've reached out. It's grown tremendously. And this is only episode 22, and the season's not here yet. Like, I'm ready for baseball. I'm ready to talk about games and discuss games and hear from Marty Brenneman and get guests on to break down the, the actual games. And you can watch them, and we can get some feedback going back and forth, and we can argue and debate. And it'll be a lot of fun in uh, Reds baseball six days away. Can't wait. I'm James Urpain. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Reds podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play, we're on Spotify, we're on Player FM, and we're on LockedOnReds.com. Check it out. Adding new writers every day. There's a couple pieces up now. There will be a mailbag. Make sure you email me, Erpine at ESPN1530.com, your record prediction and why. A lot of your responses, the best ones, even if they're in-depth, are going to be posted at LockedOnReds.com. Until Monday, I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Reds Podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.